Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Special thanks to the Town of Vale for their support of the Vale Dance Festival and Conversations on Dance live podcast recordings. This episode was recorded live at the Manor Vale Lodge. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Thank you, everyone, for coming out. Today, I see a lot of familiar faces. Many of you have been here um, throughout the week and in years past, um, as I've been recording a podcast almost every morning with uh, different artists in the festival. So if you missed any of that, we should be posting that to our podcast feed um, later on in the week. My fellow co-host, um, Rebecca King Ferraro, is on maternity leave, but even though she gave birth about five days ago, she's still trying to work. You know, she, she posted um, uh, the Justin Peck interview that was my first one this uh, year at the Vail Dance Festival. posted it last night without even telling me. I was like, don't you have a, a newborn? Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so you can check that out, and the other episodes that we've been doing will be published shortly. So today, I'm really lucky to be joined by two artists of Dance Aspen, Laurel Winton and Kaya Wolsey. And uh, in addition to their duties as dancers, uh, Laurel is the founding artistic director, and Kaya, uh, you are the marketing director and company manager. So two people that have a lot of free time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I want to start, like I always do, just hearing a little bit about how each of you became interested in dance and what your beginnings in ballet were. So why don't you go ahead and start, Laurel? Hi, my name's Laurel. Um, and uh, I actually got interested in ballet. Uh, I grew up in San Francisco, so I started training at the San Francisco Ballet at age six. And, you know, I wasn't really too into it. I had a lot of other things going on, like sports and um, gymnastics, but what really got me hooked on dance was performing. I performed in the Nutcracker. Um, I think it was, you know, seven, I was seven or eight. And that was just incredibly magical for me. And from then on, I was completely hooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I have to say, personal story, um, I'm a few years older, and I would attend the San Francisco Ballet summer programs, mm-hmm. and we all used to go watch her class because we were just like, look at this amazing little prodigy talent. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> I won't say what year that was. but That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Kaya? How did you become interested in dance? Um, so I actually, my mom was a dancer, so I grew up fully immersed in the dance world, and she was a studio owner. So I spent my whole life uh, just Im- involved and excited. And uh, when she had me, I would actually like sit in the studio. I was two years old, and she'd bring all these coloring books and things for me to be occupied, and I would just sit there enamored by it. So, right. yeah, I've been been a part of it for a long I, time. I think that's <laughs> always a really interesting um, point of view because so many of us, you know, grew up, our parents didn't know anything about dance mm-hmm. and you're sort of like at the mercy of whatever studios you happen to be at and mm-hmm. it all just kind of has to come together. But you had like a, a guide in a mm-hmm. way that a lot of people don't get. How do, you, how do you think that impacted um, 
your your professional choices? Um, I think it still impacts me greatly. I think with the formation of the new company, it was super helpful. She's a business owner in that same regard and mm-hmm. in the dance world. So I think it was very influential on every decision I make even now. And um, we actually went to the same university. So it was like a fun trickle down effect with the same teachers. And um, yeah, it was, it's been very helpful for sure. <laughs> right. So at, at what point did each of you start to f- realize this was a professional path you were interested in pursuing and kind of like, what, what were you thinking that was going to look like? Um, I think probably when I was 12 or 13, I got really, really serious. And um, at that point um, at San Francisco Ballet School, you were, you, were, you were training at noon. So I had already switched my schooling. Like I never went to a normal high school. I did, um, I, I did school in the morning and then, and then I went to ballet around 11 or 12 and then I trained until four or five and then I went back home and I did evening school. So mm-hmm. I ended up like doing a lot of, uh, high school at home, um, taking some college courses during high school so I could graduate early and mm-hmm. really focus on getting a job, you know, as you know, like when you're when you're training to be a ballerina, you have to get a job at like 17 or 18. That's when you have to start your career. Right. So I was really I was thinking about that when I was 13 or 14. <laughs> so crazy. And then now when I you know it felt so normal when we were in there, yeah. but now I, I, when I see children with that kind of drive and intensity, I'm just like I can't believe that that was that's how you have to be. But I, I think yeah. it's, things are getting better, and you can go to to college now and then pursue. Yes, career. but definitely yeah. the, the climate when we were trying to get jobs it was very much like fresh out of school you had to go right 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 yeah, yeah i never went to prom but you know <laughs> oh, now that it died. <laughs> it's not too late i don't know uh so kaya how about you um my path was not so direct um i took a lot of breaks so i was driven and excited about it probably until i was about 16 and hit a downward spiral of like burnout and overuse injuries and things like that and took some time off and then uh, went to college actually and I was a business or wanted to be a business major and um, quickly realized that that was not very exciting. So (laughs) I uh, auditioned for the ballet program about halfway through my first year of college and fortunately got in and was able to and that was at the University of Utah and got really invested there again and re-immersed myself in the dance world. And then after that, um, I went to Ballet San Antonio and then also took another year break for a hip injury. And so I've kind of had this like up and down um, and then we had a pandemic and then now we're here. So, you know, it's been, um, I've always loved it and some things always brought me back to it, but it was not a very direct path to this career that um, I've helped or I've built for myself and right. that we've worked to build for ourselves. So uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how this path has kind of shaped you. I mean, University of Utah is a great ballet program. Um, how do you think getting more dance ed- education in that way impacted your career is, as opposed to, say, if you had not been burned out at 16 and just went mm-hmm. right into a company? Yeah. Um, I... I strongly believe in college programs for dancers. I think there's so many paths to this career, um, but it it helped me feel like a real person in some ways, which was nice. But um, yeah, I think we just, we get a lot of education on teaching and how to teach and how to choreograph and uh, staging things and lighting and all of that information that was given to me and those opportunities that are given to choreograph and things like that can be really beneficial um, for artists because our careers are short and the more breadth of knowledge that you have the longer you can stay involved in this beautiful career that we work so hard for so I, I do believe in it and I know there's a lot of paths that don't involve college there's paths that do involve college I think um, just staying steadfast with it and even if you have to take your breaks you know mm-hmm. it's, it still can happen so um, but i I'm very grateful that I had that college experience. Right. So, so Laurel, um, you were at a few different companies. You did a, a national Broadway tour before you ended up at uh, Aspen Santa Fe Ballet. Mm-hmm. So I think that takes a level of courage or, or risk-taking. You know, a lot of people, young dancers, you get into a company and, and you want to, like, hone your life there. But you, right. you had to take 
a leap of faith a few times and, and do something new. I wonder how that, um, that, how that's informed your, your role now as artistic director. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it was an incredible journey. I was very lucky. I, um, ended up, you know, being in the right place at the right time, but also I've always been very eager, um, to try new things. And, um, you know, I, I got into the Joffrey Ballet when I was really young and <clears throat> sorry, that was, that was really, that was one of my dreams. Mm -hmm. So I was happy there. I was happy to just, you know, be in that environment with all these amazing artists. Um, but then I, you know, I, something was put in front of me that was an incredible opportunity. I got the opportunity to play Penny on the national tour of Dirty Dancing. And, you know, I have always, like I said before, been a performer. I love, I love the stage aspect of, of the career. So mm -hmm. when someone says, hey, you're going to perform eight times a week in this principal role, I mean, I couldn't, mm -hmm. I couldn't say no. So um, I jumped into that and yeah, it was definitely scary. I mean, um, none of the dancing was anything I was trained in. It was um, all Latin dance, all Latin and ballroom. Mm -hmm. And I was also speaking for the first time. So I had to take voice um, voice lessons. I had to take acting lessons and um, ballroom lessons. <laughs> <clears throat> and this was all after I was already hired. So uh -huh. I was like, okay, I'm just jumping into this. Um, and I learned so much. Uh, the Broadway community is so incredible and it's, um, it is very different than the concert dance community. Right. And so I, you know, I kind of learned a different perspective on the, um, performing, uh, in the performing career. Um, and you know, when the, I actually moved to New York after that and New York is where I actually got the job with Aspen Santa Fe Ballet. Mm -hmm. So that brought me to Aspen full time. And, you know, I would have never expected to live in a mountain town and dance <laughs> in Aspen. But um, I was I was ready to go back to the concert world because I love I mean, deep down, it's like I'm just a ballerina. Right. That's what I was you know brought up to do. So I was happy to be there. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, it was once again, another curveball, but a curveball that nobody would have expected. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, the opportunity, you know, only kind of made it happen ourselves. Actually, that's exactly what we did. But, um, there was a struggle to stay in the community because we no longer, um, had a purpose there because there was no, there were no dancer jobs for us mm -hmm. in Aspen mm -hmm. uh, after Aspen Santa Fe Ballet closed their company. So, um, it really was a moment where, um, me alongside my coworkers had to decide, okay, are we going to create an opportunity for ourselves, um, to stay in the place that we love and to stay with the people that we love? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's. I feel like uh, you're approaching this with a lot of humility. Like, well, it's just practical, and we had to do it. Um, but you know, other companies have shuttered, and and people separate. So you guys must have had something special, you know, within Aspen Santa Fe Ballet that connected you all, that made you want to start from mm. from the beginning. So I'm just curious to hear from both of you what what was it about the company that um, made it feel like a home before uh, it ultimately dissolved. Yeah, I mean, we all, um, we were just very close people, and um, it was a very small company. Uh, we did a lot of touring together, and I think it just was that the personalities that were in that company at that point in time um, were very complimentary of each other and very supportive of each other, and um, we, while we were in Aspen Santa Fe Ballet, we always worked together. There was no, there was really no sense of competition in a negative way right. um, because we needed each other. We were small and, um, and we supported each other and the environment that we created within that company was excellent. Right. Yeah. What about for you, Kaya? Um, I agree with everything Laurel says. I also believe that our, our directors were fabulous in that regard. They fostered a feeling of everyone has value and everyone's different and we all had different roles within that company and we had different tracks that suited our our dancing styles and everyone was diverse in that way so it that's what foster helped foster that feeling of not negative competition um, because we all felt very valued and and loved right mm -hmm. so when you found out the company was disbanding was that something that you had seen coming or was it what what was the 
the general feeling at that time? I mean, we were we were all shocked and devastated. Mm. Um, you know, it's something where we we were we knew that there was the risk, but we we really had a positive outlook on it, and we really thought we were going to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we got that news that it was completely done, it was it was a terrible day for everybody. Right. Um, and, um, it, it made us really look into ourselves and, and, you know, figure out what we really wanted. And, and we all decided what we really wanted was to stay in the community and dance. So how long was it then before the wheels started turning and and what, what kind of, what were those early steps looking like? Was it, did you have the plan where you're like, and we're starting a new company or was it just something (laughs) a little less ambitious to start? Not at all. I mean, I, I was, I was applying for pilot schools. I was, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Maybe I'll fly a plane. Uh, you know, it was just it. It was just this thing where it was almost um, magnetic. We were all just, we were all trying to figure out what we wanted to do. Some people were auditioning with other com- for other companies. Um, some people were like, oh, I'm going to go back to school. Um, some, you know, some people were like, I'm going to start a family, but. At the end of the day, we all have this strong passion for what we do, um, and we've been doing it for so long that uh, we just kind of magnetically came together in the studio. And at this point, we had no money. Um, nothing was planned. We just wanted to get back into the studio together to dance. And our goal with that was to, you know, some someday, you know, maybe, maybe just get back onto a stage at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not foresee what actually unfolded in this past year right yeah so what was the first performance you guys did together uh, as a I don't know if, we, if were you a fully formed company yet or was it sort of like a one um, and done no I <laughs> I founded um the LLC mm-hmm. in in April just to get something you know legally down there in mm-hmm. case we could raise some money and um we, we did one fundraiser at the end of July uh we started you know, we started rehearsing in the beginning of July, did a fundraiser at the end of July, and we raised a little bit of money, and we're like, okay, we can put on a show. Um, and so uh, I started reaching out to choreographers that I knew, and um, people had heard about what had happened to us um, and the sadness of Aspen Santa Fe Ballet closing, and they're like, we want to help. We want to help get these dancers back on stage. So these world-renowned choreographers um, started gifting their work to us, And so by the end of the summer, we had a full program. Um, And at that time, I had started talking to the um, executive director of the the local theater. And um, she she came to me and she said, do you guys want to do a show? And I I said, yes, let's do a show. Um, And at this time, we had been working on things through the summer, so we had something to present. And... um, that's we came together and did that and it was a sold out show and the energy that was in the audience was I will never forget it it was an incredible feeling Uh, everybody was just so happy to see us back on stage and to be back in a theater and it was this energy that um, made me realize that okay um, our our art is not dead like people still want this So, so Kai, what was that like, that first performance for you? Was it a similar feeling of just, I mean, it had yeah. to be pretty unbelievable because you're saying this, this happened in July of 2021? Yeah. Yeah. And we and started rehearsing. The company and, disbanded uh, like mere months before, right? It disbanded in March. So you guys yeah. pulled that together. I mean, can you, like when you're sitting there, you know, or you're standing there bowing in front of your sold out audience, like, isn't it hard to fathom that, you know, just a few months ago you had nothing and you built that? That must have been a an overwhelmingly positive feeling. Yeah. I mean, I truly believe that I might never step foot on a stage again after we found out about the company folding. Um, So to be back on stage, and I um, was able to do a role by Danny Rowe um, called For Pixie, which we will be performing tomorrow. Um, And it honestly is a dream role for me. So I remember that curtain opening, and I just was like tears were already in my eyes, the fact that I was back where I love to be and Mm -hmm. doing something I was so honored to do. And we had worked so hard for it. I don't think I had slept for the like three weeks leading up to the show either. So that could have played into the emotions a little (laughs) bit too. Um, But I was very proud. I was very proud of everyone and the work they did. And I 
still I'm blown away. <laughs> so let's talk about the work you guys are doing behind the scenes. Um, it sounds like it kind of came out of necessity, but you know, it doesn't mean that, I mean, it's very, very demanding having to dance and then the learning curve of like fundraising and marketing. And uh, I just want to hear about how you guys fell into your particular positions and what that was like um, trying to get up to speed almost overnight in them. Yeah. um, I mean, I just kind of, you know, I filed the 501c3 and I was like, all right, we're doing this. And then, you know, Kaya jumped in and was just like, all right, I'm really good at marketing and scheduling and company management. And she just kind of stepped into that role. And so we're kind of at this place where we're really learning from each other. Like I'm, I'm learning a ton from her and I'm, I'm sure she's learning from me a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, and it's, it's this wild ride where we're kind of, it's trial by fire. We're making it up as we go along, but we also have these wonderful mentors um, within our community in terms of, um, you know, the business aspect, the uh, nonprofit aspect. Um, so these are, you know, people who have run nonprofits, who are lawyers, who our business owners, and um, because of the tightness of the Aspen community, they are we're able to access them very easily, and they care, and they see how this is growing and right. what we're doing, and so I feel like we're very lucky at that aspect of it. Right. I kind of have to laugh a little thing about Kaya being like, oh, business is boring. It's like, well, maybe in school, but like learning on the job, it seems to be something that's clicking for you. Yeah. I think, well, for both of us, like she said, we were like, during the pandemic, we both started businesses. We were like, all right, but we were just waiting to find the right one that which makes sense that it would be dance involved. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. were stretching far and we just needed to look right in front of us the mm. whole time. So yeah, I mean, I think, um, like I said, my path to my professional ballet career was not direct. And in that, I was able to learn a lot of skills that at that time I thought were just jobs I was doing and turned out to be everything that helps with what we're trying to take on now. So it um, wasn't all for naught. But. Right. So mm-hmm. so when you're starting the company, um, obviously there was like the bones, the the essence mm-hmm. was was there. You guys... The dancers were there, your bond. Um, but I'm wondering what were some of the changes that you wanted to, how you wanted to differentiate yourself, make um, Dance Aspen still mm-hmm. in your viewpoint. You know, it's still a new company. It's different from what you guys had experienced before. What were mm-hmm. some of the ways you sought to put forth your own vision? Yeah, I mean, this company was so much um, created by the group. Like, yes, I, I, Found, technically founded it and filed the papers, but it's truly um, the the company that it is today and where it's going. Um, the characteristics of it have been founded by all of us. Um, and so uh, I really like that kind of collaborative aspect of it. Um, you know, it's very rare that these days that, you know, you find uh, a company that's been developed by the dancers that are in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to um, to give the artists that kind of power and freedom within their own careers um, is really um, inspirational for me. And I like the fact that um, everyone kind of has a voice. What are some other roles that um, dancers in the company are, are fulfilling that, that you guys are um, not doing? The few things you're not doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, we just, we had a big gala um, just uh, this past July coming up on our, our one year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, you know, one of our dancers, uh, Matthew, he, he started doing the seating charts and it's funny cause you realize you're, you're like, wow, these people have all these other skills mm-hmm. and they just kind of jump into it. Um, so we had a lot of help with the gala, um, and all the dancers kind of, uh, contributed, uh, what they could. They blew um, up a lot of balloons. They blew up a lot of balloons. <laughs> uh, did like, yes, all the seating arrangements. Um, another really important thing is um, donor development. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I have mainly been focusing on a lot. But I, you know, I, I encourage um, the other artists to come with me to events and to meet people. And um, because at the end of the day, like, you know, um, this is all about creating relationships and um, and connecting with people. So I think um, giving 
giving the artist that ability um, to step into uh, their own, not from just a artistic and um, a dancer perspective, but from a um, a business perspective, mm-hmm. is um, is really exciting for us. And um, yeah, some of the artists are great at you know running rehearsal or teaching class or lighting. Like I know nothing about lighting, so <laughs> I just I'm like whoever wants to do that can mm-hmm. do that, and you know usually someone steps in. So yeah, I mean I I run the rehearsals in the studios, but we really it is I'm still dancing mm-hmm. so it's a super collaborative effort um when I'm up there working on my stuff we have dancers that take notes and film and have you know it's really like it's such a great group of dancers to work with that we all can take um notes from each other and work together to make sure that we're clean even when every single one of us is in the studio at that time dancing we film it and we put it on the screen and we're like um, your foot's out of place <laughs> and everyone takes it really well and we all work together and we all appreciate each other's feedback in a way that um, is really special because that is a tricky dynamic to navigate right. and we're fortunate that everyone in the room is excited and wants to put the best product out there and they know that takes a group effort and being humble and being ready to work together mm-hmm. so so you mentioned uh, some of the repertoire in the early performances was donated by choreographers, but mm-hmm. how have you been looking um, to build out the rep since? What what um, sort of like dance identity does the company have in rep? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. We're like, we're really thinking about it because we have the opportunity now to really develop that. Um, I think, you know, there there's a little piece of, of all of our backgrounds in Dance Aspen. I mean, I came from a more classical background. Um, Danny Rowe does a lot of work with San Francisco Ballet. Um, she, you know, she comes from a classical background. And so we've been working with her a lot. She actually did a, um, once she was one of the people who donated her work. And so when we raised some money after the first show, uh, I went back to her and I was like, I'd love to hire you for a new commission for the company. Um, so we have a lot of her work in the rep. Um, we also um, are doing a new commission with Yin Yue. Um, and um, I know Kaya has come from uh, a lot of contemporary works. Uh, her background, she danced for, for Salt in Utah, which is contemporary company. So I think um, uh, what she comes from uh, kind of melds well with what I come from, which right. is like a classical and a contemporary uh, kind of mix. And what, what I think is really great about that, um, that mix is like you have this foundation that is, you know, it's technical, it's strong, um, but then you're also allowed to be a person on stage. You're allowed to show your personality. Um, and I think we both uh, want to bring works that do that. Um, works that are, you know, not just entertaining, but that just really, really have substance to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It must feel pretty incredible to be at the Vail Dance Festival. I mean, barely a year into the company's formation. Um, how did that opportunity come about? Um, well, I, I uh, came to the festival last year just to support my friends. Um, I had a few friends who used to dance with Aspen Santa Fe Ballet. Um, they were dancing with Ballet X. And um, so I came out. You know, it's not too far. It's like a two-hour drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, Damien um, wanted to talk to me, and I said, I'd love to meet him. And we had done a few email exchanges before, and um, he was really interested in what, this group was doing after the closure of the Aspen Santa Fe Ballet. And so um, at that point, you know, it was just starting. So I didn't, you know, we had a few works that we were rehearsing, um, but nothing really passed that. And um, we just sat down in the amphitheater and talked for 10 minutes. And, you know, we ended it with, um, he's like, keep me posted on what you guys are doing. And so in December, um, I believe it was December of this yeah, 2021, um, he reached out and said, would you guys like to come to Vail Dance Festival and perform? And I said, yes, Damien. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty incredible. I mean, that's very the Damien way. I feel like he he sees something that he's interested in and he just makes it happen. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was incredible. And for him to, um, to invite us so early and so, um, so willingly was really, 
admirable, and right. I'm very, very uh, appreciative. So the performance is tomorrow night at the Valar Performing Arts Center. Can you tell us a little bit about what the rep is going to be and what each of you will be dancing? Uh, yeah. So we have a few different works by Danny Rowe, as Laurel um, said. Both are very different. One is very emotional um, and tugs at the heartstrings a little bit. And then the other one is very fun and quirky and exciting. And like Laurel said, um, a lot of our stuff is aesthetically pleasing. We have those ballet lines in there, but it is still quite contemporary and um, unique. We also have works by Penny Saunders. Um, what else do we have going on, Laurel? So we got um, one oh, of our yeah. artists is actually a choreographer, uh, Matthew Gilmore. So that's another thing where you start to realize, um, you know, people's strengths and um, some of the artists in the company are actually really good at creating work themselves. Um, so Matthew created a work um, in our first show, and he's actually creating a brand new work that will um, will be the it's a piece for one of our artists who is retiring. And tomorrow is actually her last show. Um, she was with Aspen Santa Fe Ballet for 18 years. Wow. Um, so uh, it's, it's going to be a very special night. Um, so we'll have two of his pieces. And um, what else do we have? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. Is well, that I mean, There's seven pieces. We've got to go to the show to find out. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've accomplished so much in just a year. But I'm curious, what are we thinking? Like, where do we want to see the company in five years or 10 years or even 20? Yeah, wow. Um, I mean, I hope it just, it's its grown so much in this year. Um, and I hope it continues to grow. Um, and I hope we um, we get a little bigger so there's a, a little less work for everybody. Right. Um, uh, I, I'm looking forward to expanding the administration so we can get some support from, um, from a nonprofit standpoint, you know, mm -hmm. people in development, people in um, operations and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, I'd hope to really establish ourselves as, um, a resident company of, of Aspen and, um, and to do some touring and, um, to bring in new innovative works that people have never seen before and to continue, um, just being a, a, a force in the dance world. Yeah. I mean, I agree with all of that. Um, from like being inside the studio and in the dancer perspective, I um, just hope to keep to continue that really good atmosphere that we've built here and and change the dance world in that way that it doesn't have to be grueling and you should enjoy every day at work and even when you're tired you you can have a great day and you see your friends and everyone's supportive and I think um, as we continue to move forward, that's one of my main goals as um, as an artist to not lose sight of what it feels like to be in the studio and to continue to change that dynamic that we're so used to and so accustomed to and been trained from the time we were young to be taught that it's okay. And I think we can, we're doing a good job of it now and I think we can continue to do so. Yeah, that's I love that, that thought. I feel like a, a lot of dancers, you have that moment where you're just like, what's wrong with the staff? Why don't they remember what this was like? Yeah. So to try to hold on to that yeah. feeling. Um, yeah. It's a great, great thing. So I think we can open um, up to audience questions now. Let's start right here. So um, I'm curious about two things. One may be trivial, which is the what's the future of Santa Fe, if any, uh, in, for the company? Because um, I would have thought there's a lot of art support there too, but maybe that, that stretch was always too far. Um, and the second is whether this collective artistic vision, which is which is sounds wonderful, and I, and I can't wait for tomorrow night. Um, whether you see that also in the company five years from now, or whether you think there will evolve or be the need to evolve, basically an artistic director position or someone who sets the the tone for the company. Yeah. So to answer um, your first question about Santa Fe. Um, uh, there's a, the Aspen Santa Fe Ballet, it, 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 it exists as an organization, so they, they present things in Santa Fe, so they will like bring in um, uh, a company, um, like a, a complexions ballet or whatever, uh, from New York City, and they'll present it. It's just they close their, their resident company, so they no longer own um, a local company. So there will still be dance, you know, in those places. Um, 
and to answer your second question, um, I think it's it's something that we're going to have to to play by ear and to see how the company evolves. Because you're right. I mean, at some point, um, the founding members of this company will will either you know move on to something or, or something else in a in a different career, or they'll find their places within the organization that aren't the founding artists. So um, as we develop and as we evolve, I think that's something that we're open to um, going in a direction that makes sense. Yeah. Right here. Um, I just wondered if your current dancers, are they all people who've, who danced with Aspen Santa Fe Ballet, or did they also come from other companies? We are about um, about 50-50 right now. Uh, we have five, four or five dancers, that, well, four with us currently, and then one who recently had a baby, so he is out uh, for the summer. But we have five, six, including Laurel, I think. Is that right? Yeah, six yeah. dancers um, from the original company, and we've hired in a few guests, and we had one dancer that was in New York, and when the pandemic hit, she happened to move to Aspen, where her family bought a home, and she was a great fit for the company and has brought a lot to it. So it was just a happy chance. And then since then, we've um, hired a few guest artists. And then hopefully we'll be getting more staple artists um, in as we continue to build. Mm -hmm. I imagine the hiring process has to be a little bit more complicated than just, you know, say, you know, American Ballet Theater. Like, okay, we need a core girl to do dryads and Don Q, you know, you're, because you guys are so invested in the entirety of the company and mm -hmm. you have that bond, you know, you built it together from the ground up. So how, how would you say that the hiring process is a little different for you guys? Well, it's, it's also different because we're doing, we've never, you know, this is brand new for us. Right. So we're like, all of a sudden we're hiring people. Mm -hmm. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but, um, there's also a few more factors that make it hard for where we are in Aspen. Mm -hmm. um, Aspen's, you know, it's a very hard place to get to. Uh, we don't, there. it's not like New York City where we can just hold an audition and like, you know, troughs of people come in. Uh, we're the only dancers there. So um, thank God for Zoom and ways to introduce um, other artists to our community. Right. Um, another really hard aspect of Aspen is housing. Um, housing is very difficult to find, even for the people who live there. Mm -hmm. So in order to bring someone to Aspen, um, right now we're housing all of our guest artists in um, the home, like donor homes. Mm -hmm. So we're truly depending on the generosity of others to make this company work. Right. Um, and um, yeah, I don't, Kaya, what do you think is also <laughs> hard about hiring? <laughs> um, no, I definitely think we... Are all, we're hiring artists, but we're also hiring humans and people who, you know, just from first interaction on how we speak with them and how they relate to us is super important. Um, and that definitely goes into it. We've also have a lot of connections in the dance world. So I've been fortunate to um, hire our people that we know um, and my old dance partners here um, filling in for my newer dance partner to step in and take that role. And it's actually really been joyous to be able to like bring opportunities to my friends that I appreciate their artist, their artistry and their hard work and know how they operate in the studio. So that's been actually really fun. Right. Yeah. Sarah, you want to go first? No, I'll switch on the spot. My husband, <laughs> uh, late husband, was involved with having to take another arts organization into bankruptcy, mm -hmm. which is a very painful thing. And I'm curious in terms of, like, your former your board members, did you have to just say, you know, make boundaries to say, you know, we're going our own way, or did some of them want to continue to, to provide <clears throat> financial support? You know, how, how was that managed? Um, so actually, I mean, this is the, um, you're, you're saying the difference between the two organizations? Yeah? Well, okay. in terms of, you know, the process of shutting down that company, mm -hmm. and are some of the supporters uh, of that still involved with you, or did you just have to say, you know, too much bad blood, we're moving on, or, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean, dynamics. so, yeah, I mean, when, obviously, when we found out Aspen Santa Fe Ballet was shutting down, there was, you know, it was, it was devastating, but... Um, there's, there's a lot of crossover. There's, um, a lot of people who, um, are supporting, you know, or we're supporting that organization and support ours too. I mean, we're honestly, um, we're so different. And, um, at the end of the day, we're all in the same community 
And um, the people who live in the community value the arts. And um, it's a huge asset for them, you know, especially if they have a home there, I have family there. Um, and so um, I encourage everybody who supports us to not just choose, choose one organization, support the arts, support us all. So yeah, there's yeah. enough love to go around. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce. Having, having seen Aspen Santa Fe in New York, Ann Arbor, and Scottsdale, and Aspen is hard to get to. <laughs> I want to flip a question that we so frequently ask here upside down. So, so we're, like Roman, we're talking about what's it like to come up here and be at 8,000 people. <laughs> I was always impressed with the physicality of Aspen Santa Fe, and only this morning do I realize you were dancing at 500 for the first time. Does going down, do you feel like super people all of a sudden? Yes. Yeah. We feel like superhuman. Um, it's, it's funny because, yeah, I think um, whenever we rehearse or perform, when we retrain in Aspen and go to sea level, it's like, I feel like Rocky Balboa. I just, my lungs are just so um, strong. And, uh, but it's when it's the reverse, when we've been on tour for a long time and we go back to Aspen, we always feel that altitude for a few days. So it never goes away. Like we, we're not just like superhuman all the time. It really is, depends on the mountains. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I want to ask this question carefully because I know how new you are and how much you're involved in nuts and bolts kinds of things of just getting it together, making it go, making it happen. Um, we heard the artistic director of the Lamone Company tell us here about how when during COVID, which you weren't even really a, a company then, but they took the time to step back and they had the time to think about who are we, uh, what kind of dance do we do, how do we look to the audience, et cetera. And I, so I'm asking a little bit of a philosophical question that might be for the future. But I'm curious, since you are from the western part of the country, um, and I don't want to presuppose that this would be what you would do, but let's say you feel that there's something that you bring to the dance world that speaks out of your geographic location and opportunities in the West that might be different, or is dance dance, and we don't call it geography of dance. Is that clear what I'm asking? I'm really asking for a mission. Mm -hmm. <laughs> way too soon for a mission. <laughs> I'm just wondering what's happening in your early development. Yeah, I think, um, so a lot of, I mean, our whole identity is um, is based on community and partnerships. Um, we would have never gotten to where we are today if it wasn't for um, the communication that we've developed with other, whether it's either other dance company or, sorry, other, other businesses or um, other, um, basically, I mean, so, for example, in, in Aspen, there's a lot of um, hotels and, you know, retail stores. So we started collaborating with the hotels on events and the retail stores on promoting their products. Um, so I think, I think the collaborative aspect of us is very important. And uh, if we were to go to another state and do shows, uh, do more touring shows, I think we would want to work together with other companies. I think that would be fun for us. And it's fun for the audience, too. Um, because, you know, if you're staying, if you live somewhere and you see the same people on stage over and over again, of course, you like you love watching them. But how cool would it be um, if if you saw, a you know, a brand new group integrate with them? So right here. Yeah. So a quick, quick two, one quick and one longer question. The quick one is: We live in Grand Junction, so we want to get on your mailing list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> the longer one is sort of stimulated by this conversation. You know, the, the there's a long dancing tradition in Native American cultures out here in the West, and it's hard for them to get to Aspen too. I mean, it's not just hard for New York to get to Aspen, but if you're living down in the Navajo Reservation, how do you get to Aspen? But anyway, it seems to me like there might be some interesting collaborative 
effort that could take place with that community. As far as I know, no one else has done it, but I'm not really plugged in very deeply into the dance world. So, Yeah, that's a, um, a, something we should definitely explore. Yeah. yeah. And we're actually starting to um, explore what we can do in terms of outreach, um, you know, with, with kids in different communities and um, kids to, who don't get the opportunity to see live dance. And um, I think it's really important as someone who I luckily grew up around amazing dance, and that's what inspired me to become an artist in this industry. And um, I think it is our duty as, as, you know, as the artists that we've become, and we have, you know, the power with this organization now to, to kind of educate people. And um, I think that's a, you know, wonderful aspect if we could travel to, you know, these reservations or whatever and do something that shows, shows the kids there, like, okay, this is actually a career that you could have. You may have never thought of it before, but. Yeah. Right here. I think over the pandemic kind of had a reckoning with its culture as a for a really long time. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, and I think part of that argument is that that's a necessity, like the growing mm -hmm. nature is necessary to success. Mm -hmm. um, so I would also just question if you feel like this company is serving as a model for what it could look like for ballet and rehearsal spaces to be safer, more collaborative, and not that way. And whether that's something yeah, I mean, I definitely think um, our model, I mean, we are small and we are collaborative um, and our dancers have very different backgrounds and have come from a lot of different places, which is helpful in creating that type of environment. But I do think that that can cross those those paths and can can be infiltrated into a traditional classical ballet studio. And um, I I really believe that your biggest growth happens as a dancer when you feel supported and when you feel loved and you feel like people are excited to see you dance and that you you really can do no wrong. There is a right and a wrong supposedly, but when you get on stage, you just go out there and you do it and you come off and you should feel proud of the best effort you put out there. And I think that that should start to be infiltrated or passed on to as many communities or companies as possible. <laughs> Duke. Yes. Um, the pandemic created movement, mobility, and um, uh, a migration. And my assumption is that Aspen has seen a lot of that, and the population has grown or changed, or maybe has become more year-round, and there's a dynamic of full-timers and maybe newcomers. And so can you speak to the dynamics of that and how it affects an organization like yours in developing donors and audiences? Yeah, I mean, you're spot on with that. Um, Aspen grew exponentially after the pandemic. Um, and there, you know, originally, and it still is a little bit, uh, it is a resort town. So people come in um during the summer and during the ski season in the winter, and then there's like the spring and the fall that are kind of dead. Um, that's changing now because people have moved there full time. And so it's, it's exciting for us because we not only um, have uh, the people who, you know, who already have been in the community for a long time and love the arts, we have the opportunity to, um, you know, get new people into it. And so, I mean, that's, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's, it's especially when you're, you know, trying to get people to a show who've never been to a ballet show and they're just, they want to be on the mountain skiing. So what we actually got to do um, this past year um, was collaborate with um, SkiCo, which is the big ski company that owns all the mountains. And we did a show together for their 75th anniversary and um, Kaya had performed uh, that Danny Rowe piece uh, for Pixie. And um, it was incredible because we got to be in front of an audience that doesn't seek out dance. And it was kind of 
put in their laps and what they did with it is they they loved it and I had people come up to me after the show and say I've never seen a dance performance before I'm going to go to all the dance performances now mm-hmm. um, so it's it's an exciting opportunity for us um, but it definitely um, is hard it takes a lot of work and a lot of um, you know devotion to get the attention of people who would be like ah what's ballet you know I want to go ski <laughs> so we have time for one more. Can you chat a minute about the facilities that you've been able to access in Aspen, what you're using for rehearsal space, yeah. and will the performance space continue to be the, the school where uh, I think the property performed before? That's one side. Second, <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. I would think you'd be able to somehow develop relationships with a couple of the other organizations that are using uh, Aspen Institute, whatever, to help you with some of the yeah. Go ahead. I take the first. Okay, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> so, um, to just answer that very last question first, and then go backwards, um, we we have already collaborated with several of those big organizations, those arts organizations in Aspen. Um, Theater Aspen, uh, we've done several cabarets with them, with our dancers, um, and uh, the, you know, the Aspen Institute, we're, we're working on something that we could possibly do together. Um, we've done collaborations with the Aspen Art Museum on their rooftop. I don't know if you've ever been there, but they have a beautiful rooftop. Um, and we've done several very, um, very successful collaborations there. Um, and, uh, the music festival we're talking about next summer. So, um, and, um, do you want to take the other questions? Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> um, in terms of facilities, we were fortunate enough to have, um, a studio not far from our previous studios that's located kind of over by the airport, um, that has been a great rehearsal space for us. Um, and then, Yes. <laughs> right by the bakery. Yeah. Um, small town. <laughs> um, but, and then as for the theater, we actually use the Wheeler Opera House as our current theater. And we love it there. We're, it's a smaller stage, but we are a smaller company and it has a really nice intimate feel. We also love that it's downtown so that people after the show can go out and enjoy a cocktail and talk about what they see and what they loved and um, I think right now it's a really good home for us and we want to continue to foster that relationship. And the, the Wheeler Opera House has been fantastic with us and um, they really took us under their wing and have, have we wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. So Yeah, they've, they've been incredible. They've been so good to us and, um, you know, uh, good mentors for how to, run, how to run an organization. And yeah. Okay, one last question. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I think I probably speak for everyone here. Congratulations. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. talented. You chose to do this. And you're articulate. And you keep his button. <laughs> oh, you're going to make you. me cry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank no, you. There's, uh, what a beautiful way to end it. Yeah. I, I, I know I, I speak for everyone. I feel like when I say we can't wait to see what's in store for you guys so congratulations thank Thank you you. thank you for having us